All right. Okay. It's time to be educated right now. And another nice, wonderful reading. And as y'all know, the title is What is Gold? Chapter 4, Section 2. I'd like to thank everybody that's coming on to the stream or will be watching the stream. Um, always, if you're not subscribed to Chaos Marine channel, please subscribe. And, you know, donate to Cash the app to the show. I would appreciate it. I want this thing to grow more than what it is. Try to mix it up a little bit. Continue on every, at least a Thursday, to give you a reading. And, you know, I might start doing some other, look at some other things that has been prevalent throughout the YouTube streams and actually the world. I might do a uh, actual reading on how to deal with cryptocurrency and how to go about it. What is it? I would love everybody if they're a friend or not actually if they're subscribed to my channel to leave a comment if would you would you like to see a stream on Bitcoin and I deal with it is entire. I have a particular book that will explain everything on it, how to go about it. So please comment at the end of this video or any of my previous videos that you would like me to do a stream totally dedicated on Bitcoin. Okay, let's begin, guys. Hedge fund manipulation. Hedge funds are now large players in the gold market. Historically, that was not the case. Gold ownership distributions look something like a barrel bell. At one end, you had the small holders who always felt more comfortable with gold coins or bars in her position. On the other end, were the largest holders, sovereign wealth funds, and central banks. In between, you don't really see institutional much involved in one way or the other. That's less true today. Hedge funds are beginning to fill in the middle ground of gold investors between retail and the sovereigner. To the hedge fund, gold may be an interesting market in which to deploy in trading styles. Still, gold is not special. It's just another tradable commodity. The hedge fund and the commodity could just as well be coffee, beans, soybean, treasury bonds, or any other trade goods. Hedge funds use what are called stop loss limits. When they establish a trading position, they set a maximum amount they are willing to lose before they get out. Once the limit is reached, they automatically sell the position regardless of their long-term views at the, of the metal. Perhaps they don't even have a long-term views, just a short-term trading perspective. If a particular hedge fund wants to manipulate the gold market from the short side, all it has to do is throw it in a large sell order, push gold down a certain amount, and once it hits the amount these stops are triggered at the fund that are long gold. Once one hedge fund hits a stop loss price, the hedge fund automatically sells. That drives the price down more. The next hedge fund hits its stop loss, then it sells now and drives the price down again. Selling gathering momentum and soon everyone is selling. 
eventually the price can work its way high again more funds will begin to acquire gold and then the short side manipulations or manipulators get to play the game all over again drive the price lower time after time in the absence of government enforcement of, of anti-manipulation rules gold holders should expect these games to continue until a fundamental development drives the price to a permanent higher plateau leasing and unallocated forts another way to manipulate the price is through gold leasing and unallocated fort unallocated is one of these buzzwords in the gold market when most large gold buyers want to buy physical gold they'll call jp morgan chase hsbc citibank or one of the large gold dealers they put in the order for say five million worth of gold about five thousand ounces at market price as of this writing the bank will say fine send us your money for the gold and we'll offer you a written contract in a standard form yet if you read the contract it says you own gold on a unallocated basis this means you don't have designated bars there is no group of gold bars that have your name on them or a specific gold that serial number that are re registered to you in practice unallocated golds allow the bank to sell the same fiscal gold 10 times over to 10 different buyers you get that good it is um, it's no different from any other kind of fractional reserve banking banks never have as much cash on hand as they do deposits every depository in the bank thinks he can walk in and get cash whenever he wants but every banker knows the banks doesn't have that much cash the banks put the money out on loans or buys securities banks are highly leveraged institutions if everyone shows up for the cash at once there is no way the bank could pay it that's why the lenders of last resorts the federal reserve can just print the money if need it be it's no different in the fiscal gold market except there is no gold lenders of last resorts and one thing i would say one good book to get is um if i can remember the name of the book uh, i'll tell you at the end of this stream but there was one book that everybody should get and it deals with the federal reserve and how money works and a friend tell me this on pdf which i got so i, I will reveal that sometime all right All right, bank sells more gold than they have. Um, if every holder of allocation gold shows up all at once and said, please give me my gold, 
there wouldn't be nearly enough to go around. Yet people don't want the fiscal goal for the most part. There are risks involved storage costs, transparency or transportation costs and insurance costs. They they're happy to leave it in the bank. What they not or may not realize is that the bank doesn't actually have it either. A central bank can lease the gold to one of the London Balloons Market Association LBMA banks, which include large players like Goldman Sachs, Citibank, JP Morgan Chase, and HSBC. Gold leasing is often conducted through an unaccountable intermediate called the Banks for International Settlement, BIS. Historically, the BIS has been used as a major channel for manipulating the gold market and for conducting sales of gold between central banks and commercial banks. The BIS can take the gold it already leased from the Federal Reserve and lease to the commercial banks that are LBMA members. The commercial banks then have titles to a certain amount of fiscal gold. They then sell 10 times as much to the marketplace on the unallocated basis. So you can see the leverage at work. There they can sell as much gold as they want and they don't need to have any physical gold. Just a paper title through the leasing agreement. None of this is speculation. You can go to the BIS annual report and look in the footnotes where it disclosed um, the existence of leasing arrangements with central banks and commercial banks. It doesn't mention the bank by name but the activities itself is clearly disclosed. We know who the commercial banks are because they have to be LBMA members and we know who the central banks lesser are so there is no need for speculation about what is going on. The BIS based in Basel, Switzerland has an interregional and somewhat checking history. It was founded in 1930 as a result of efforts throughout the 1920s led by the Bank of England. It can be seen as a Swiss tree house where children hang out where supervision and securities except instead of children you have a central bank acting without a supervision or, or scrutiny. Once a month the major central bankers in the world gather in Basel organize a tier there is a large group of a many as 50 BIS members and there is an inner group of seven to ten or so a relatively small number of central bankers the large group gather for central meetings but the in inner groups of ten go off on their own shut the doors and make their own deals BIS is the most non-transparent institution of the world. Even intelligence agencies such as CIA suffer occasionally leaking, yet BIS leaks and unheard of. They don't put much on the website. They do a lot of technical research you can access and they actually do have audit financial statements. Still they don't tell you about their deliberations. There are no minutes released on what goes on behind closed doors and no press conference about the central bankers meets. BIS is the ideal venue 
for central banks to manipulate the gold financial markets, including gold with complete non-transparency. And this is the problem when you have people in the dark doing things that will not come out to light. Information like this, what I'm reading to you now, is something that you have to dig up. You have to really find or you... Or be transparent about what really goes on. Or be transparent what really goes on. But I want y'all to know that not everything is always for for what is seen. Everything's done in the dark in regards to manipulation of money, gold, or etc. You will know until after the fire does damage. But let's continue. Combining manipulation. You can combine manipulation. Let's start with an LBMA bank dealer. That dealer sees there's demand for fiscal gold in China and their gold in the gold warehouse in London. Here's what it can do. First, go into the future market and slam the gold prices. This spooks the little guy who starts selling his gold or GLD shares, drive down the share price. Meanwhile, the smart money seems a good entry point. The little guy is dumping his GLD shares while the big players are buying physical gold. Momentum opens up the spread between physical and GLD shares. The LBMA dealers next selling physical gold short in China. The de dealer then buys shares from a little guy who shares to death or scared to death. The dealer redeems the shares gets the fiscal gold, delivers it to China, and pockets the difference. So a dealer can create its own supply, creates its own average, and the profit from the difference. The type of manipulation average took place in 2013 when the GLD gold, I mean, warehouse discouraged 500 tons of gold as the gold price went down. For the first time in a dozen years, in the course of these manipulations the floating supply was reduced and more fiscal gold ended up in China see that and mind you China does have more gold than anybody else because this was the next world in power keep that in mind who's behind, who's behind the manipulation we look at how manipulation works how it used to be door in the physical market and how it done today primarily through COMEX, ETFs, hedge funds, and leasing and unallocated contracts. The next question are why and who's behind the manipulation? The LBMA banks are in it for the operation and dealing profits and the hedge fund are in it for the momentum profits. Yet are these large political and policy in interests involved? There are two players in the world with a strong motive to suppress gold prices, at least in the short run. One is the United States and the other is China, or is China. Many observe have a naive, in my view, mistaken analyze of the Fed interest here. Observing, assume that the Fed wants to squash the gold price to give the impression of dollar strength. In reality, the Fed wants a weaker dollar because it disperses 
for inflation or desperate for inflation. It doesn't want the dollar to go away or collapse. Yet its cheaper dollars will cause import imports to cost more, which helps the Fed to meet its inflation target. The United States is a net import. A cheaper dollar means import prices go up. Mmm, interesting. And inflation feeds through the supply chain in the United States. A weaker dollar should mean a higher dollar price for gold. Still, there are two constraints on a weak and dollar strong gold by 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 hop by hop by The first constraint is that just because the Fed wants a weaker dollar does not mean it automatically gets it. There are countervailing forces, including the natural deflationary tender from demographics technology debt and deleveraging the other countervailing forces is the fact that other countries also want weak currency to help their own economic retailers is the non-dynamic of currency wars because two currencies cannot devalue against each other at the same time the need for a weak yen or euro to help japan or europe necessarily imply a stronger dollar and weaker gold even if this fed wants to oppose however in the long run the fed does not mind a weak dollar strong gold policy there is a condition on any long-run policy of higher gold prices it must be orderly not disorderly in the fed perspective so steady increase in the dollar price of gold are not a problem for the Fed. What the Fed fears are huge disorderly moves of a thousand per ounce per day that seems to gather upward momentum. When that happens, the Fed will immensely immediately make or take steps to render in the upward price momentum. Whenever whether these steps will succeed or not remain to the be seen a goal example is july august early september or a good example is in july august and early September. we're in the month of july right now people and we're gonna be in, in august in a couple more weeks so we gotta see how gold acts up from 2011 period or 2011 at that time the gold price was skyrocketing it went up from a thousand to seven hundred to one thousand nine hundred per ounce quickly and was clearly heading for two thousand an ounce once you get to two thousand per ounce the momentum psychologically can feed itself the next stop could have been three thousand per ounce clearly a disorderly process the gold price act was getting out of control the fed manipulate the price lowering not because it ultimately wants a lower price but because it was worried about a disorderly increase the fed is perfectly fine with a orderly increase and long as it doesn't go up too far too fast and change inflation expectations the fed will be in the market to manipulate when it finds it necessary see that now let's consider the other major players china 
China definitely wants a lower price because it's buying. It sounds like a paradox. China owns a lot of gold. Why would it? Why would it want the price to go down? The reason is that it's not done buying. China probably needs several thousand more tons of gold before um, it catches up in the, to the United States. It precisely because China is still buying that it wants the price to stay low. This gives China a motivation to manipulate the gold price. The interaction of their U.S. and Chinese preference has an interesting policy implication. The U.S. Treasury, to some extent, needs to accommodate Chinese um, wish because China owns several trillion dollars of the U.S. Treasury notes, while the Fed and the Treasury wants inflation to help manage the U.S. debt load. China fears that inflation will erode the value of the treasury holding. If inflation breaks out, China's incentive is to dump treasuries, which would raise interest rates in the United States and sink the U.S. stock market and housing market. Have you noticed this from reading about how China bought most of our reserves? There's no quenches. Why? But that's my opinion. Let me continue. The, comp the compromise between the Fed desire for inflation and China desire to protect its reserves is for China to buy cheap gold. That way, if inflation is low, China gold won't go up much, but the value of its paper treasury reserves is preserved. If the United States gets the inflation it wants, China's treasury will be worth less. Yet its gold will be worth much more. Having treasuries and gold is a hedge position that protects China's wealth. Even as the treasury risks or treasury ties to be destroyed, the U.S. saver wealth with inflation, the solution for U.S. savers is to do exactly what China has done. Buy gold. Buy gold. Buy gold. That should be a song for this, don't you think? Because I know a lot of Americans now don't own even a balloon, much as a piece of gold. Maybe a necklace or a watch. But it said to protection, you must buy the gold. Any way you can, people. Keep that in mind. So I'm continue. Contrary to much speculation, China is not buying gold to launch a gold-backed currency. At least not in the short run but to hedge its treasury position. The treasury has to accommodate that or else China will reduce its position in treasury. What remains is a strange condiment of interest where the treasury of China are agreeing that China needs more gold and the price cannot be too high or else China could not easily aff afford all its needs. This is an issue I have discussing with the senior officer at the IMF and the Fed and they confirm my understanding that a global rebalancing of gold from the west to the east needs to proceed a beard in an orderly way. The United States is letting China manipulate the market so China can buy gold more cheaply. The Fed occasionally 
manipulates the market as well as that any price rise isn't disorderly. Where does the manipulation end? What can individual investors do to weather the gathering storm? And that's a question that every question, every person that's going for this bracket listening should answer for himself. How you doing, black man? Brutally honest. How are you doing? I see you in the chat room. I hope you like the information. I hope I'm sounding clear at the end. Let me continue. Bearing the manipulation. When we hear about enormous forces bought to here on the gold price with the United States on the one hand and China on the other hand, how does the individual investor stand up against such forces? Hmm. There is an inclination to say I can't win against these players therefore it's not worth the risk of being in the gold market in the short run it's correct that you can't bear them but it, in the long run you always will because these manipulations have a fine life eventually the manipulation runs out of physical gold or a change in inflation expectations lead to price surge even government cannot control these is the and this there is an end game. History shows manipulation can last for a long time, yet always fail in the end. They failed in the 1960s London Gold Pool with the United States dumped in in the late 1971 or 1970s, and the central banks dumping in the 1990s and early 2000s. The gold price went relentless higher than 35 per ounce in 1968 when the London gold pool failed in to 1,900 per ounce in 2011 the all-time high there are new forms of manipulation going on on now yet ultimately they always fail the dollar price of gold will resume as much higher the other weakness in the manipulation scheme schemes appear in the use of paper gold through leasing hedge funds and unallocation gold forts. These techniques are powerful. Still, any manipulation requires some physical gold. It may not be a lot, perhaps less than 1% of all paper transactions. Yet, some physical gold is needed. The physical gold is also rapidly disappearing as more countries are buying it up. The put um, that puts a limit on the amount of paper gold transactions that can be implemented. For example, the manipulation that took place in 2013, when the GLD warehouse disorganized or disorganized 500 tons of gold, could not be re replicated because of 2014. There were only about 800 tons. Of gold left in GLD. If GLD were on disorder, um, would another 500 tons, there would not be enough gold left in GLD to make the ETF financial viable for the sponsors. There comes a time when the amount of gold left is so small that the management fees don't cover the cost of insurance storage insurance storage administration and other expenses the third point 
to consider is that there is an endgame that arrives when China has enough gold so that its gold to GDP ratio equals or exceeds that of the United States is not there yet. Once it is, there will be no political reason to buy more China. Oh, no, I mean, no, I mean there'll be no political reason to buy more. China will have secure an equal voice at the table of the next time at Britain. Wood-style conference is needed to restore confidence in the international monetary system. Once China has enough gold, the United States and China together could let the gold price go whatever it wants in an orderly way. Inflations could go out of control and China wouldn't lose. If inflations and the gold price skyrocket right now, China would be left in the dust. It doesn't have enough gold to hedge the portfolio losses of the treasury holding. With the gold price soaring and the Chinese economy growing faster than that of the United States, China would never catch up in hitting a gold to GDP target. China is buying as much gold as it can, but because it's trying to target to gold to GDP ratio and has the fastest growing major economy in the world, it is moving target. The price has to be kept down until China has enough gold. When it's done buying, when it has apparently 8,000 tons of United States and China can shake hands and both way, both say they are protected. At the point, a dollar devaluation by a rise in the dollar price of gold can commerce or commence. My advice to investors is that it's important to understand the dynamics behind gold pricing. You need to understand how the manipulation works, what is the end game, and is what is the physical supply demand picture looking like. Understanding these dynamics lets you see the end game more clearly and support the rationale for owning gold even when short-term prices movements are averse. And that's the end of this chapter, section two. Now, I am going to go and check the chat room briefly to see the activity. And I'm going to say something. But I will say this. And for the remainder of these, these readings, and as I wait, let me find the book for y'all. If I don't want to sit there and tell you I have a book and I'm going to show y'all. I can't show it here because this is, I'm using OBS, mind you. The book is titled, To Understand Money, How Money Works. It's called Modern Money Mechanics. This is a workbook of, of the um, Bank and Reserve Deposit Expansion. In this book, and I will not dedicate a show on this because people could print it for free if you type it up. And I would maybe I'll do this. Because some people will go back to the playback. I'm gonna find a PDF right now and send it to y'all in the chat room. Because I want y'all to grow and understand money. I have read some of the modern money mechanic. I didn't finish read it. It's a good read. But a friend, like I said, a friend referenced this book to me. So right now, let me um Find it. I'm going to find a PDF now and share it to y'all.
Okay. I'm gonna see if it pulls up. I should pull up. And, it should, they should, and it's free right now for y'all to download to read for yourself. Oh, here it is. Okay, good. I will probably put this in this maybe in the description for those to read for themselves. I will advise every person that doesn't know how money works or how the banking reserve works. This is the book to read. And like I said, it's a, it's a good understanding how bankings make money, how money is created. So I, I kid you not, this is something that every person should have in the household. For not only for you that's read as an adult, but for your children to understand as well. There's a PDF right there. It's in the chat room, and I will put it in the description at the end of the stream. Alright. So now, as there's nobody that has any questions right now, and this concludes this chapter, chapter four, section two, what is gold? Thank you for listening.